has cleansed you. He's ready to soil you if you will pardon my my uh, my wording on that, but for lack of a better word, the enemy is wanting more. He's coming for more. Can you see that? And when they called for the king, there came out to them Elakamin, the son of Helikai, who was over the household, and Shebebanine, the secretary, and Joanne, the son of Asher, the recorder. So Hezekiah sent three men to meet them there. They're still outside the city. And the representative said, Thus says the great king, the king of Asia, On what do you rest this trust of yours? Do you think that mere words are strategy and power for war? In whom do you now trust that you have rebelled against me? Behold, you are trusting now in Egypt, that broken reed of a staff which will pierce the hand of any man who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. According to history, Hezekiah had gone to one of the kings of Egypt and asked for chariots and chariotmen to help defend himself against the Ossians that were going to, that would probably come and, and overtake them or bring war against them. And this is what he knows what you've done to try to help yourself. The enemy knows. And he says, this is a broken reef, and it will, it will even pierce your hand when you try to lean on it. But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed? Saying to Judah and to Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Come now, make a wager with my master, the king Assyria. I will give you 10,000 horses if you are able on your part to set riders on them. He's pointing out how inadequate they are. Sounds like the enemy, don't it? How then can you repulse a single captain among the least of my master's servants when you trust in Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? Moreover, is it without the Lord that I have come up against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Now, this is the enemy talking to the representatives. He's, he's talking stiff, isn't he? We used to call it trash talking back in the day. He's talking a little smack, isn't he? He's showing him all that he's not. Good at that. It says, and then the three men from the representative of Hezekiah said, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. Do not speak to us in the language in Judah within the hearing of the people who were on the wall. They didn't want the people to hear what the enemy was, was saying. But the, but the man turned around and he says, Has my master sent me to speak these words to your master and to you and not to the men sitting on the wall who are doomed with you? Drink their own urine. Man, he's laying it down thick. Isn't that like the enemy tells you you ain't got nothing left? You ain't got a pot to whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then he stood up and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus saith the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you out of the hand. 
Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying, The Lord will surely deliver us, and this city will not be given into the hand of the king of Syria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make your peace with me, and come out to me. Then each one of you will eat of his own vine, each one of you of his own fig tree, and each one of you will drink the water of his own cistern until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain, of wine, of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey that you may live and not die. Oh, it's greener on the other side, isn't it? He's going to let you have your way for a little while. And then I'm going to come and take you somewhere else. But it's better over here. And do not listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you by saying the Lord will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations ever delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpen, Arpad? And where are the gods of the Seraphians, Henan and Ivan? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their lands out of my hands that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hands? Well, he's letting them know. He said, look what I've done. I've conquered all these lands and none of their gods was able to save them. What makes you think that your God's going to save you? Ooh, do you hear the enemy talking? But the people were silent and answered him not a word. For the king had commanded, command was not, do not answer him. He told the men, he said, don't even answer him. Just listen to him and report back to me. Then the three came back to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words that were spoken. Can you see the enemy's ploy? His ways has been changed in thousands of years, has it? <laughs> He's still a great con man. He's the ultimate. He's a liar. Verse, let's go to chapter 19. When Ezekiah hears the words, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit of this. He tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth, and he went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Elikim, who was over the household, and the secretary and the senior priest and they covered them with sackcloth to the prophet of Isaiah then said to him thus saith Hezekiah the day is a day of distress of rebuke and of grace disgrace for its children have come to the point of birth and there is no strength to bring them forth it may be that the Lord your God heard all the words the king of Assyria had sent to mock the living God and will rebuke the words that the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. When the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Say to your master, thus saith the Lord, Do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard with which the servant of the king of Assyria has reveled me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him so that he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. One version of this, the King James Version, says that he actually took the letter, the king did, 
into the house of the Lord and gave it to God and prayed over it. So the Assyrian king's representative go back and they tell the Assyrian king that he has set out to fight against you. Do not let your God, do not let your uh, God in whom you trust deceive you by promising that Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Syria. Behold, you have heard all what the king, kings of Assyria have done to all the lands, devoting them to destruction. Do you know that your enemy is not out for your good? He's only out for your destruction. So he goes on and he's re retelling this, what he said to the king, Hezekiah, to the Assyrian king. Here is Hezekiah. Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messenger and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. When the enemy comes against you, what do you do with it? Do you run to the bone and call someone else? Do you cower down and cry oh poor pitiful me God says I know your enemy and I am more powerful thank you Jesus take it to him don't take it to mama don't take it to daddy don't even take it to your spouse take it to the one that can make a difference in your life pastor is a great godly man and he sees many things but he can't fix it for you either run to the one that can he says I know your enemy and I am more powerful do not lean on the hand of anyone else Hezekiah is taking it before the Lord and he prayed he said oh Lord the God of Israel enthroned above the cherubs you are the god you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth you have made heaven and earth incline your ear O lord and hear open your eyes O lord and see and hear the words which has sent to mock the living god truly O lord the god the king of Assyria has laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire for they were not gods, but they were works of man's hands. So now, wood and stone, therefore they were destroyed. So now, O oh Lord, our God, save us, please, from his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O oh Lord, are God alone. The next few verses, Isaiah prophesies the fall of the Assyrian king. Thus says the Lord, the God, you prayed to me, your prayer to me about the king of Assyria. I have heard, I have heard. This is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. She despises you. She scorns you, the virgin daughters of Zion. She wags her head behind you, the daughter of Jerusalem. Whom have you mocked and reveled? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes to the heights? Against the Holy One of Israel. By your messenger you have mocked the Lord, and you have said, With my many chariots I have gone up the heights of the mountains to the far recesses 
of Lebanon, and I have fought failed its tallest cedars, its choicest cypresses. I entered its furthest lodging places, its most fruitful forest, and I dug wells, and I drank of foreign water, and I dried up with the sole uh, sole of my foot all the streams of Egypt. Have you not heard that I determined it long ago? I planned for days of old what now I bring to pass that you shall turn fortified cities into heaps of ruins while the inhabitants shone of strength are dismayed and confounded and have become like plants of the field and like tender grass, like grass on the housetops blighteth before it is grown. But I know you're sitting down and you're going out and coming in and you're raging against me because you have raged against me and your complacency has come into my ears. I will put a hook, my hook in your nose and my bed in your mouth and I will turn you away back on the way from which you came. My God doesn't play, does he? (laughs) He says, what do you think? I allow you to do these things that you're going to come against my holy city, my people, my chosen? No, I'm going to put a hook in your nose and a bit in your mouth, and I'm going to turn you back the way that you came. Go on down and read. Verse 32, it says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into the city or even shoot an arrow there, or come before it with a shield, or cast up a siege mount against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return. And he shall not come into this city, declares the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it. For my own sake and for the sake of my servant, David it's amazing even when you're gone your God could be saving your generations the next ones he's a promise keeper and the promise doesn't end when you are gone (laughs) no if you go over into Psalms 132 it talks about the promise of David and a son sitting on his throne in that city for every generation for many generations. But look what the Lord did. It's verse 35. And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. And the king of Syria departed and went back home. And as he's worshiping in the house of his God, his two sons come in with the sword and they kill him, they murder him. He says, I know your enemies, and I am more powerful. Tell me, tell me what do you fear? What do you fear? Bring it to me. Stand still and let me, let me show you what I'm going to do. Let's go to David's Psalms. 132, verses 12 through 18. Started 11. It says, The Lord swore to David a sure true oath from which he would not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant 
and my testimonies that I shall teach them their sons also forever shall sit on your throne for the Lord has chosen Zion he has desired it for his dwelling place this is my resting place forever here will I dwell for I have desired it I will abundantly bless her provisions I will satisfy her poor with bread her priest I will clothe with salvation and her saints will shout for joy. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. His enemies will I clothe with shame, but on him his crown will shine. Are you not the dwelling place of the Most High God? Are we not the temple of God? Did he not promise in John that if we keep his commandments, that his father would love us and that they would come and make an abode with us? Even in Leviticus and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, uh, you see God talking about dwelling with his people. Don't allow the enemy. Don't allow the enemy to make you think that you're anything less psalms 46 my time is short but i want to leave you with this praise your enemy is known and he our god is more powerful god is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble therefore we will not fear through though the earth give way though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea though the, its waters roar and foam foam through the mountains, though the mountains tremble as it swells, there is a river whose stream make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. That's what you are. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms trottle. Her, he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God says your enemy is known. I hear it. I see it. I'm not worried about it because I am more powerful. Do not fear. His promises are true. His promises are true. He's not going to let you be here and not keep his word. Ephesians 6 and 12 is for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of the wickedness in the heavenly places. We don't wrestle with people. I know the story we read, it was people against people war. But we are wrestling with the enemy. And we all know First Peter five and eight says us to be alert and be sober minded for your adversary the enemy the devil he walks around like a roaring lion he's like one he's not really any powerful than what we give him he's seeking who he may devour 
I don't understand God's ways and thoughts, but I know He has purpose and plan for everything. But I do know in Matthew chapter 7, when the when our Jesus was led by the Spirit into the temptation, into the wilderness to be tempted, He entertained Him only twice. He read Scripture to Him, and the third time He said, Be gone, for it is written. Man should serve only God. Take authority. Take authority over your mind for the peace that you need. Take authority over the enemy if he's come against you. But God says, I know your enemy. That should give you comfort. He knows him. He knows how to take care of him. When you go on the basketball court, you've watched or we did, we watch reels of the opponent's team. We learn their weaknesses, their strengths. We pick the ways and the plays that we thought would work best against them. God says, I know your enemy. Be still, I know. 